0: Hello and welcome to the RPG Academy Podcast. My name is Michael, and I'm back today with uh, my co-host Larry. Larry, say hello to everyone.
1: Hi, everyone. How are you today? We are doing great.
0: So far, so good, my friend. And we are back with another episode of Econ Fundamentals, and this is our show where we take a look at some currently running TTRPG and related uh, crowdfunding campaigns, not just on Kickstarter, though that seems to be where most of them are still coming from these days. Uh, to see maybe there's something that caught our eye we think is interesting, maybe find some hidden gems that our audience would have missed otherwise, uh, and maybe give a little extra spotlight on some of these creators and their games. Before we get into it, Larry, let people know where they can find you on the interwebs. If they want to come talk to you about your opinions, or if you have any projects you want to plug, go for it, sir.
1: Uh, normally found on the Twitterverse at Mumfrey999, and there you can uh, mention your Kickstarters or uh, other crowdfunding projects, and we'll take a look at those. That's where you'll also find all of the, uh, the wrestling uh, news I like to retweet because, oh my gosh, that's an exciting world to get into.
0: <laughs> so I have once I was told that wrestling is like a LARP where the audience is playing the audience.
1: Absolutely. I mean, it's full-on participation. They're there for you, not only just to entertain you, but, uh, you know, the juxtaposition between that and that during the early COVID when they had zero people in attendance, uh-huh. it was such an eerie difference. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, anyway, you're right. I'm sorry. No, 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 no.
0: It's similar. <laughs> Have you ever watched, um, and again, not to, I won't even name the show, but there's a show that was like extremely popular as a comedy. And I saw a, a videotape once of like the rehearsals without the audience. But they would always pause where they knew the laugh breaks would be. And it just seems very awkward because there's nobody laughing, but they're telling these jokes and it's just dead silent. So it comes across like they are just failing so miserably at this comedy. (laughs) But when the actual show comes out, it's going to be filled with raucous laughter. It's just, it's like a weird thing when there's the audience isn't there, but they're still pausing for effect. It just, it's weird.
1: Yeah, I've seen some clips where they have removed laugh tracks or or maybe their edits before they've put them in, and it does seem so odd. It it <laughs> totally throws the show off, and it goes from being funny to just like, did he really say that? Oh.
0: Yeah, just sad, sad. But anyway, we digress. <laughs> so uh, today it's just the two of us. We do not have a third co-host. We, we have a couple guest co-hosts that have signed up for later uh, episodes this season. We're still looking for a full-time third uh, that might come out of some of these guests. We shall see. Uh, But for the day, it's just the two of us. We each have three campaigns, and I have a couple quick things at the end. But I'm going to start today with Orbiter's Local 519. This is on a Kickstarter campaign. It was created by Archon's Court Games. It's their second created, and their 31st, or they have backed 31. Their previous game was called King of Dust, uh, which is a cyberpunk RPG slash resource management game. Uh, It only had 31 backers, so it was a very small Kickstarter, but it did deliver on time. Uh, This campaign for Orbiter's Local 519 is currently at 130% funded, so it's already made its goal, and at least when I I pulled this, it may have changed in the last 24 hours. They were about a little under $1,000 on a goal of $700. This campaign ends on March 9th, and the Orbiter's Local 519 is a complete sci-fi RPG about dissembling derelict starships. Built for open tables and one-shots, it focuses on dungeon crawling with one important difference, instability. As the players move through the derelict seeking valuable components, the ship is falling apart. Pipes will explode, walls will collapse, and entire rooms may eventually separate from the core. So the current plan is to have a 5.5 by 8.5 book printed by Maxim, who I have never heard of before, but I saw their name mentioned several times this cycle as I was looking for kickstarters, and at least one other that I cover is also using them. So they must mm-hmm. be a fairly well-known small print run publisher i don't know but that seemed they they're they're saying that like it's a good thing that it's going to be printed by Maxim. uh the lowest pledge is just six dollars for a digital copy there's twelve dollars for the printed and digital the estimated delivery date is uh september 2022 for the digital and then printed copies will be uh, early next year so basically this is a game it's designed as they say for open tables which is not a term i have heard before but through the campaign, they explain it is it's a type of game where players can jump in and out. So you you know you basically I'm gonna run every Tuesday, and whoever shows up can play that night. And if they don't show up again, it's fine. If they show up three weeks later to play again, that's totally fine. Uh, I've heard those like west marches. I think that's a term I've also heard for those types of games. Maybe that's more of a, a, a genre difference. I don't know. But essentially, it's you're you're like. You know, blue collar space miner workers. That you're going to these derelict ships. You're trying to break them apart. You know, you're basically pulling out the copper piping and the wiring, whatever. And people die a lot. It sounds seems like it's a very high death game where your character could easily be in a mishap, or they're in a room and it breaks away from the rest of the ship and floats away. Um, so it it seems like a kind of a fun thing, a concept. Uh, I just I kind of like the blue collar aspect of it. You know, can you take the sci fi idea of like you know deep space travel but then you're also like just regular joes working there it, it, there's just something about that difference or dichotomy that makes me kind of smile and think it's kind of funny and i don't know it seems kind of cool so i hope it does well and want to get, get a couple extra eyes on it
1: it does uh, it does the art uh, that they've shown on the kickstarter is really neat looking too it also
0: kind of reminds me of firefly that one episode where it starts off with them Maybe I think not, not even Serenity, maybe the movie they made where they they start off their recovering treasure from a derelict ship. I think, yeah, I think that's a Serenity movie. But anyway, so what do you have for your first campaign this week, sir?
1: Well, uh, since you mentioned it, I would like to tie in your... Uh Uh, open table issue or not issue but the open table description there Mm -hmm. um back a couple of years well several years ago i played in an open table game started in it and played through it for over a year now and that was using the old school essentials rules which is a one of the retro clones of the the basic uh expert rule book from way back when in the early 80s and uh it's now on kickstarter Mm -hmm. and they're doing a complete reprint um with new art same kind of uh actual the books uh, layout's been changed a little bit streamlined a little bit uh but the content is the same uh this just been out of print for a while and it is the old school essentials fantasy rpg box sets that's uh, on kickstarter right now it's approaching 600,000 of a hundred thousand dollar goal um, it's got close to 5,000 backers it was very popular back then and again it's just it's it's shooting up there. It still has 26 days to go, so it doesn't finish up till March of uh, 25th. And it is, you know, one of these ones that has taken off and obliterated the, some of the stretch goals that they've put up. Uh, mm-hmm. but this one, um, again, the, there are two different versions of this and you've, it's a box, complete box set that you're going to get if you support it. Um, they've got the classic game, which, uh, starts you off using, Basically levels 1 to 14 in a D and d and a retro clone. But again, it, the art art in this set has been completely redone from the first time, which I think was 2017 when they uh, did it before. Uh, it's through uh, Exalted uh, Funeral. This is the ninth Kickstarter that they've got, um, and they've backed uh, 120 of them. Uh, they have a nice web store for all sorts of other products as well. But right now, the classic game set is a box set with uh, five individual booklets breaking down uh, how to create characters, how to create adventures, a monster book, a treasure book. Everything's just broken into individual volumes. They have, And that will run you $60 if you want to get that in print. Uh, it's a digest size A5. Uh, the advanced expansion set is a separate box set and it builds upon this. This one has got four individual books in it, the same size. It adds in additional character classes, uh, and several, uh, advanced rules to run it more like akin to a first edition advanced Dungeons and Dragons. And it's a $60 set as well, but you would need the classic game set to run the advanced set as well. Now the classic game set is a game unto itself. And if you are interested in going back and looking at the basic and expert, uh, Dungeons and Dragons where you had class was, uh, Everything races class, like you had a dwarf and you had an elf and a halfling. And those were, you know, your separate classes. So they were more of like a multi class, you know, a uh, you know, an elf could cast spells and fight. A magic user could only cast spells. A fighter could fight no spells. So it, you know, it is a, a throwback, but having played it, uh, we used roll 20 to play it with. It's a, it was a fun system. And again, it was open table where, uh, the, for, the person, the dungeon master running that one, you could show up if you heard and you got the link and uh, an invitation uh, link from Roll20, you could join in his game. And unfortunately, the way that works is some days you would have three players. Next week, you might have 10. So that was uh up and down. And, you know, it was never really set in stone where with the West Marches, you're supposed to have a set pool of players and a pool of uh two or more dungeon masters that will take turns running in the same world. So that that one is a little more organized than the open play, but um the uh, old school essentials uh, has been very popular and again this is just a reprint with new art. So if you've got the old stuff unless you're looking, you know, to to just sort of update it with a new look, there's really not a lot of push here to get this. Mm-hmm. But it encourages uh, your sandbox play and again it's got a book And just entirely dedicated to uh, setting up adventures, dungeon crawls, uh, outdoor adventures, overland, sea travel, that sort of thing is all uh, in its own book. These are also packaged together in what they call their tomes. So if you had the classic game tome, this is the same material in the box set for the classic game that's in the tome and and same for the advanced uh, set. But um we talked about, uh, it's, it still has almost a month left to go. So there's plenty of time to get in on this. It's way over goal. They're adding some more races. I think they've added four races through stretch goals so far and another class. They've, uh, added some, what they're calling mini adventures in two through, uh, the stretch goals. So these are just smaller adventures. They also have an option where you can purchase, uh, a full-length adventure, and I think they have six of those ready to go that are, have already been printed that you can get, you know, included as add-ons. Uh, it was $60, and you're going to get this in print for each of the sets, or if you want to get them both, uh, it's a $100, so you can get a savings on that if you wish. Uh, and then they have a package where you can get both sets, uh, a referee screen, and the adventures uh, that I mentioned, a- along with all the PDFs for two hundred dollars which if you want to go all in that's a nice way to go um uh everything uh you know the editing and stuff has all been done on this um they're uh, hoping to push this out uh, by october of this year at least to start their shipping uh then if you do take a look towards the end it does give you uh, uh the risks and challenges this is been created the products created they have delivered uh, on their um, products in the past that's not should not be an issue there if you take a look at the shipping for a single box set it's almost 20 dollars in the u.s and uh you know each additional set you get pumps it up a little bit so i mean it's 25 if you get you know the two box sets if you're in the u.s and of course uh, it just uh, goes up over in Europe. Um, and there's a nice sh- shipping chart there towards the end. Uh, they're fulfilling it through backer kit. So if you've dealt with them, you have an idea of how that system goes. They collect uh, your information at the end of the project and, and, and ship it to you. Mm-hmm. Um, again, these are, uh, significant. They're A5 sized, but they are thick. Books as, as far as the box set goes, it's heavy. So, I mean, it just, the shipping's justified with that is it's got a good bit of weight to go, but ready to print. Uh, everything's in place. It, and I think it's probably a good guess for October. It shouldn't seem to have many things in place to, to knock that back. And again, I personally, I enjoy this system. That's why I put it on here. I wanted to, I mean, obviously you've got a lot of people already backing it and seeing sure. it, but it is a fun system and it's, It's got a lot of, uh, things broken down to where you go through the individual books for characters and whatnot. And it's easy to pick up and it's, it was fun to play, uh, easy to run really. I, I like the system. Um, and again, wanted to just get it in front of people. If you didn't know it was being reprinted because it's, it's, you know, hard to find an old copy.
0: Yeah, no, again, and you know, our our charter if if we have one is you know, we want to try to spotlight creators that maybe need our help. But we also want to share things that we love because that's that's like one of the core tenants of the RPG Academy. So if you love the system, absolutely put this on here because maybe you can get even higher. I see they have stretch goals that go all the way up to um eight and a half hundred thousand dollars, eighty five eight hundred and fifty thousand. I don't know why I said that's so weird. Uh <laughs> that goes up that high. And if it keeps getting there, maybe they'll add some more on there. That that would be cool. Um, so I don't know. I've never really played any of these uh these types of games i went back and tried to play first edition advanced about i don't know about 10 years ago just for like a lark and it was awful uh-huh. i'm like we'll, let's play the game we played when we were kids we'll run it by raw you know i'm not even gonna do all the michael stuff i do and it was not fun so i'm like okay not doing that again and i'm not saying that's what this game would be because i haven't played this version of it but i don't have like i have a fondness for basic red box because that's what got me started Right. But when I go back and I have looked at those rules, I'm like, mm, that's not really for me. But I might have to give this a shot One, I'm a bit of a collector, too. So just the idea of having these box sets does kind of appeal to the collector side of me. Yes. So my second campaign this week is Rumors and Legends. This is a board game. It was created by Bigabot Game. It is their first created, which, again, is a bit of a red flag for me, something to be cautious about. They've backed six. Um, When I looked this up, I put my stuff together yesterday so it could have changed again in the last 24 hours. It was 81% funded, which was about $28,500 on a goal of $35,000. The campaign ends on March 24th, so there's still time to go. And basically the game is a blend of Clue, but with cryptids. So the game centers on the disappearance of a world-renowned cryptozoologist, and his colleagues rally to find him before it's too late. And each of the characters that you play have an associated cryptid with them. So like the, uh, the colonel has like an alien head figurine, and there's like a, an archaeologist that has like a mummy hand, and there's another one that has like a yeti face as their sort of icon that you move around the board. Uh, and if you don't solve it in time, everyone dies because you're lost in the Bermuda Triangle. So there's just a lot of like, you know, mysteries, ancient legends sort of thing blended together. There's a $55 pledge that gets you the quote unquote light edition. And that uses acrylic standees rather than the resin minis that that you can get. Uh, $75 is the standard edition. To me, that actually feels a little high. I get this is their first game. They're probably, you know, maybe not 100% sure what they're doing. They may have put in a little extra wiggle room or they could have also maybe put in more than they should have for their first game. So for me, I don't know that the resin minis would be worth the additional $20, but hey, that's just me. They also have a deluxe edition, which is $125, which gives you a metal dice and metal tokens that go with the game. There are plenty of videos. If you go to the, to the Kickstarter page, there's several other much more prominent YouTubers and bloggers than we are that have done playthroughs and videos on it. So you can get all the details on how the game plays. It seems like it would be fun. I really do like Clue. It's a game I still play with my kids on occasion because I think it's fun. And the idea of bringing in the cryptids is just kind of a fun little uh, version twist on the game. So take a look, see if maybe we can help them get there uh, to their funding goal before it ends.
1: Yeah, the uh, minis uh, that they have included here, the pictures of them, are really, really neat looking. And the uh, so evocative with the little character cards, the detective explorer and all those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've uh, definitely put in – visually, it's very striking.
0: There is one of those what-were-they-thinking levels we've talked about. There's like a $1,000 level. And oh. I think the only thing you really get is like three inch tall minis or something like that, maybe a t-shirt. Like I I didn't even really look at it because I am like, no, but I saw one person did back it. There's like two different levels that are both around a thousand dollars or so. And one person did back that. Uh, I went to the comments, I was looking through there, and somebody was like, are you serious? And they're like, this is more like an angel investor. I think think the person actually said, like, if you've just recently won the lottery, this is the level for you. So I do like that at least they have a bit of a a tongue-in-cheek, like, we get that no one's going to back at this level, unless, you know, maybe it's a family member, maybe it's like the mother of one of the designers, like, helping their kid out or something. But it's fun that it's there, and I just like that they had a sense of humor about it. They weren't like, oh, God, no, our game is worth that. Like, no, they're like, we get it.
1: Yeah, it's like you said. Absolutely, this is for not not a lark, but like an angel investor. Because you get, I mean, it's deluxe, and it says you get the jumbo special edition set. So, I mean, the the figures and everything they do throw in a lot of extra stuff. But yeah, this is definitely for not for the weak of heart or or small of wallet here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, no, absolutely not.
1: But it's nice to see when somebody's able to kick in for that because that's wow, that's nice.
0: Yeah, again, as someone who has a game that might be coming to crowdfunding later this year, I need some people to throw me some money just because they love me or want, <laughs> want me to succeed. You know what I mean?
1: Absolutely. So, all
0: right. Absolutely. What you got next, sir?
1: Uh, the next one, the trend this week has been all Kickstarters. Um, I had a hard time looking at other platforms. Usually I make it a point to try to draw one in from, from Indiegogo or something, but all of mine are Kickstarters this week. Um, this next one, though, uh, brought to you by, uh, Green Ronin Publishing this is their third kickstarter and it says they've backed 5 but they've been around since the early 2000s um I, I, the company itself has produced a lot of good things uh and they've used kickstarter a few times so that's a low number but uh, i i mean i'm i'm just looking at at what they've produced and i'm not i don't have an issue with that per, per se but this one is the cthulhu awakens role playing game They've taken the Cthulhu myth- mythos, and they are um, very particularly mentioned that that is the, is in the public domain. So this is not a licensed game. They've just taken the information that's out there that anybody you know can can use and attach to. Um, They've got a $66,000 uh, pledge amount at this point, which is six times the, they wanted 10,000 as their starting goal. Just broke over a thousand backers, uh, 24 days to go on this one. It ends on the 23rd of March. So if you're interested in yet another Cthulhu game, then, you know, by all means, jump on board. This one uses the age system, which they started with their dragon age game, um, system. And it's mainly using the, uh, Let's see, the uh, modern age is, is what they use as the basis of this. And it's meant to encompass, uh, 1920s through the 2020s and put the Cthulhu mythos, uh, in, in here. And one of the things that they did change, uh, is the look of, or the portrayal of how madness affects everybody. So mm-hmm. instead of going with madness, which of course leans it, you know, into, um, mental issues and stuff, they decided to consider that alienation, which is any kind of information you gain about cosmic beings and stuff, sort of, uh, will sort of detach you from your expected reality, but they don't want it to be like well, you've gone crazy because you're at, you know, you're actually learning about the mythos and, and then pa- other editions of other games, you had madness spirals and uh, it was just a, a horrible thing. So they're trying to tackle that a little bit differently. Um, th- this one uh, of, is funded, of course, uh, right now, uh, several times over, they're going to have, um, as some of their stretch goals are in here, they've, they're going to give you PDF versions of supplements for the modern age. So you're going to be able to pick up the uh, modern age companion. Um, I think that one's already been unlocked. Several have, have been unlocked so far, several more to go. Uh, and 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 it's going to be PDF versions of support, support materials for that modern age and capital AGE since that's their game system um, support for that. To pledge in on this uh, for the standard edition is going to give you uh, be sixty dollars, and you're going to get the Cthulhu Awakens standard edition book in print and the PDF edition, and unlocked stretch goals and unlocked print goals. Uh, They have a uh, it's not a final cover, but they have a gold embossed, nice, very nice looking Cthulhu uh, uh, special edition booklet, and and if those you know if you want that shelf sparkle that. That's mm-hmm. something to really look at. That one, uh, let me see, is $80 to get the special edition book. But again, you, you get the uh, PDF with that as well and any the unlocked stretch goals. If you simply want to get just the PDFs, uh, it's going to be $30. So about half as much as your, uh, print editions and that unlocks your digital stretch goals with that too. They're also rolling out a, a roll 20 edition. So then this is going to be for use, you know, with that platform. They uh, have additional pledge levels that you can either add uh, and stack them where you can get the world 20 edition, the standard edition, along with the special edition book. If you want, you know, the, the, the sky is not necessarily the limit on this one, but they do allow you pledge levels. So you don't have to go through add ons. You can just add more stuff to it. Right. Again, this is roughly over a hundred year span from the 20s to the 20s from 19 to 2000. Uh, the core manuscript is all done. It's been through, uh, it's in final editing, I believe is what they said. They still have some art to finish up and have, uh, the commissions to come in on, but the book itself, uh, is done. Um, they're looking on getting this out, uh, next year, January of 2023 is right now what they're projecting having looked at some of their other items on roll 20, they do a nice job of making it very usable. If you're, if, if that's your platform of choice, it's something to really consider if you want to, uh, pick this game up. They do, uh, under their facts section, they do go into the issues that some people may have with, um, HP Lovecraft specifically, and so they have made it a point to detach this from from him, and you're just going to be using, like I said, the freely available public domain Thulu type stuff, and they don't want, you know, there there is not an association with this as an HP Lovecraft game with right. all of the baggage that comes with that. So um, yeah. having played uh, The Expanse a couple of times, and then their Fantasy Age game, I I like the system they go through and they they will tell you uh, they do have another breakdown page uh, a ta- a table here with all of their stretch goals to to become unlocked which is going to just give you more support material for the game but uh, as far as it goes I think it's it's a good system I like the fact that they went with modern because it's going to allow you to you know use firearms and vehicles and whatnot uh along with the standard rule set that so you don't have to really do a lot of tweaking on it you know the it, the basic chassis is there to handle that time period so i thought that was that was a good choice to do that
0: yeah i i quite like the age system i've played the fantasy version a few times and uh, we actually did a trial which is a show we do on the rpg academy when we tried a game we've never played before and we actually got chris Premus, who is like the, the guy who basically runs Green Ronin, he's one of the lead designers of the game and ran it for us. And kind of a weird tie in to this show, because this show is heavily based off of a show I used to love called Going Last. And they had a big Kickstarter section on their show, and I really liked it. I did that trial with the people from going last. <laughs> so it was Rich Molina, Kenna Conklin, and then we also had Eric Osley in from the uh, – he does the – Gamers' Table. Uh, Gamers' Table. Mm-hmm. So the three of us got to play with uh, Chris running – or so the four of us because I was there too uh, – got to play the game with um, Chris Premus running the game, and it's a lot of fun. So i should actually fill that link in the show notes this week as well, so all the campaigns. But also, if anyone wants to know more about the age system, we, we play the Fantasy Age with the designer, and it was a ton of fun.
1: How did you play that? Did you use a VTT on that or just theater of the mind?
0: Theater than Mine, yep. Okay. So we, we were just on Zoom, so uh, we just roll, all rolled our own dice and that kind of thing, so.
1: Oh, you trust each other, huh?
0: Yes, yes. That's <laughs> the only way to fly. Uh,
1: shipping, one little note on shipping, it's not included in your pledge. U.S. shipping is right now standing at $7 if you get the standard book. Um, this is based on the past performances, so these are, of course, estimates. Uh, you check at the bottom for your local country to see what shipping is going to look like that, and it's in American dollars there. but. I'm looking forward to this one. I'm going to back it, and I want to see how they handle things.
0: So, yeah, I think that's definitely become the standard these days that shipping will be calculated later just because of the state of the world. It makes sense. It's somewhat <laughs> addition, like frustrating to get that additional, like, another step. And, like, you, you pay this much, but then you actually have to pay more. But yes. it's just the way of the world at this, at this point. All right. So my third one this week is, is a pretty small one. All three of mine also come from Kickstarter. I do have a quick hit that comes from uh, Game on Tabletop. But um, this one is also from Kickstarter, and it's Overworld, which is a bestiary slash monster manual tabletop RPG design of creatures and enemies based off of the original Legend of Zelda video game. And I love the original Legend of Zelda video game. I've played through that game more times than I can count. I'd actually, for a while, I was streaming video games, uh, right. and there's a YouTube video series out where I played through the entire Legend of Zelda, if anyone's interested in watching it. No one did at the time, but if you want to go, you can go watch it now. Uh, and basically each of these creatures will be converted from their video game roots, roots into a tabletop RPG version of itself. This is being created by Eric Bloat. They have 18 other Kickstarters they've created. They've backed almost 400. Uh, it is already funded. It's at 261%, which is like a little over $3,000 on the original goal of like uh, 1.2,000. Uh, it ends on March 15th. And there's three different versions of the rules. There is a 5e system, there's a system neutral version, and there's a survive this, which I've never heard of that game. But I think it must be something Eric himself created. Uh looking through the rules, it seems like that might be something. So you can get it basically your choice. Uh there's also an add-on for Overworld 2, which is a book of lore and legends, uh, which is like also awesome includes like magic items and stuff like that from the video game, but that is only available in system neutral. It's going to be a six by nine digest size, like 40 pages, basically also printed by Maxim or Mixum, however you say that. So again, same name coming up multiple times. Uh, Seven bucks will get you the digital version. Uh, 15 will get you digital for all three systems. So if you want it for 5e and neutral and survive this, I don't know why you would, but if you did, there you go. Or you can get $15 for printed and PDF in the system of your choice. And there's seven dollars additional for shipping, so it's actually twenty two bucks. The digital versions digital versions will be sent out as soon as the campaign ends in a few weeks. The print versions are expected uh, later this year, like in May. So not very far at all. Uh, and so, as someone who loves. The Legend of Zelda game. I just I was immediately drawn to this one. So uh, if anybody has, wants to check that one out again, that's on Kickstarter. There'll be links to all of these in the show notes. Did you ever play Legend of Zelda, Larry? Is that a game you were Legend playing? of
1: Zelda? Yes, Uh that was a great one. That was on the old original NES, right? Yep. Yep. Okay, that one I did get on, and, and then I fell off the Zelda wagon and really hadn't played any since then. But I see you've got a complete list of the monsters that are included in this, and it's it's quite long. <laughs> there are a lot of them in there. Yeah, this, for something uh, talking about earlier, even with like the OSC Kickstarter, going back to the days of yore when I played this when I was 12 or something, talk about, you know, bringing back your memories here, huh? Mm
0: hmm. I say, again, it was like maybe a year ago I was playing Legend of Zelda. So I I just, occasionally I'll kick that on and just play through it. There was a time where I could play through that entire game in about four hours and not lose a life. Like that's how many times I played through the game. I can't do it now. I'm also, I'm old and my, my reflexes have slowed in my old age, but (laughs) I played that game so many times. I love that game. So, all right. So that's my third one. So what about yours, sir? Uh,
1: The last one that I had again, uh, on kickstarter here and it's called zen never dies the role-playing game
0: that was going to be on my list and then i saw you picked it
1: oh i'm sorry i didn't mean to cut you off there
0: no 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 it's totally fine again that's the, whoever gets there first gets it so you go for it <laughs> but it was on my list
1: all right so you may know uh, just uh, more about this one than i do but uh the artwork now, the, when, I, when i was watching uh the video on it at the top of the uh kickstarter page it really reminded me of the, like, Princess Mononoke. That's, that was that, Studio Ghibli. That kind of studio, yeah. uh, animation. It was wild. The creatures to me look kind of cutesy, but it's certainly not a cute world. Now, Nemo Down, da- Daume is the first cre- creator of this, and this is his first Kickstarter launched He's backed, uh, 10 of them. Uh, he's got some credits on other role-playing games, but not really familiar with those. This one here, though, uh, it's up to, uh, let's see, funding goal is, Converted over from euros, I believe, and it's $8,400. The amount pledged now is just under 14000 So it has backed um, 25 days to go. So this is going to be running through March uh, 24th. <laughs> uh some of the uh the, see the entry on this one for a PDF is going to be $23. Uh it's $45 for the hardback. And they have a couple of those higher tiers there you can get your character put into an adventure for 225. You can get your character in an adventure and add a beast uh into the game for 337. So again that's that conversion from yours there. Um he's expecting to have this one put uh coming out to backers by two thousand twenty-three in March. Um the setting here uh I thought was really unique reading over it. The world isn't huge, but it does seem to have a lot of specific areas to it and uh specific species that tend to unless they break off from what you would expect of them, you can usually find an area where they tend to either concentrate, which is seems to be where they were either created at or where they have moved to but um they have what's considered or what's called the fitting action system here um and it's not your tradition this is the part I th- i've spent a lot of time looking at this i thought it was kind of neat uh you've got abilities uh numbers that are put in when you create your character using a point by system so you have your ability scores and i, I don't know if this will help much but your total is going to end up being a 45 points to to, to set out your um of physical and abilities mental abilities uh it was mentioned like you're going to be role-playing there are no uh inherent characteristics or systems in the system to role-play like convincing somebody that is meant all to be role-played out uh from your character and and the game master here but um the fitting action system you're going to roll a d20 and you have Uh, From uh, the the best way I can describe it is you've got a a a, like a line chart here and. The closer you roll to your ability, the more the expected result will be. So if your constitution is an 11 and you roll a 10, well, it's, it's very close, but let's say you're trying to resist something. You rolled under, so you may slightly, uh, be affected by that, whether it's some sort of sickness or, uh, something that, you know, is going to affect your hardiness. And if you roll well above that, Then you can do too much of a good thing. And they use an example of if you have a strong character, you're going to try to break down a door that your friend is hiding behind, right? So you roll, you roll way above your, you roll a 20. That's, that's, you know, on your d20. So that's well above your expected result. So instead of breaking down the door and rescuing your friend, you smash the door in and possibly crush him or or at least hurt him with the door on the other side. Oh, that's terrible. Now, one of the things I thought you might like uh, about this is um, when they're doing uh, damage to somebody, you're going to roll a d12, and the lower you roll... uh well, every weapon has a little range. So the lower you roll, you have a higher chance of getting into that weapon's lethal damage range. And if you're trying to hurt somebody, you might as well try and make it lethal, right? Mm. So
0: I mean, if you're going to do it, do it.
1: Right. So if you roll low, you're going to do some lethal damage. And the higher you roll, the more likelihood of it being non-lethal. So you have a hit point pool and you have a life point pool. Lethal damage applies to your life points, which are harder to get back. Your hit point pool uh, can be knocked down, but you can recover. It more easily and that would be like subdual type uh you know damage for that but the, the the action system uh is neat but you i think you need to download they have a quick start section in here they also have an adventure avail a short adventure available that you can download for free and going through those and looking through those explains the system more um, the idea behind in the title zin uh, is their word for for magic in the world and you have different towers that specialize in um types of magic, almost like schools of magic, you know, if you're familiar with the D&D version. So your characters can learn different uh, towers, which will unlock certain types of magic for them. But they're varied enough to you can have characters with the same towers and they will have still have the ability to have different uh, powers from that because there's enough variety of that, uh, you know. Through the game system. Um, there are also spirits in the world that are, my impression of those is almost that they have domains over uh, and they alter the way magic works if they're in an area. So you may have one that will really put the clamps down. And if you have tried to use wind magic, and if that happens to be under their domain, it's going to be subject to how that spirit wants things to go in their area. So that's going to change uh, how magic works. You know, across the world, but it's uh, from what I've read through it. Um, I, I'm going to back this because it looks really neat. Uh, the character ability to put your points where you want them. You have skills that you can buy and put where, put those where you want them and the ability to pick your specific magic specialty. I think was really neat. Uh, there is one species available that has zero zen ability and it also kind of helps them to be more resistant. To it, but um, they have—I uh, believe it was seven. Uh, they break down the different species here uh, and and go over information on them. It, it's just a neat setting. I thought. Um, let me see. Uh, did I hit the pledges already on this? Just the uh, yeah, the basics for for the yeah. money on that. But um, I, I really I like the look of this. I, I really do like the system. From what I've read, the map of the world—it's really. I think it's really cool the way they've done it and marked out uh, you know where the, where the folks are like a political type map I like it and um you know I'm hoping that some more people like it it's it is funded but hey uh f- please take a look at it
0: Yeah I it it was one that stuck out to me it jumped out to me immediately as well it also it kind of does have some legend of zelda vibes to it uh, you know sort of like the lone warrior sort of like, the art invokes that. I know and when you're playing, you probably will have a group. Uh, but also, it, someone mentioned, I don't know if I was reading through the comments, or something about Hollow Knight, which is, a like, a oh. Steam RPG video game. kind of has some Metroid vibes to it as well. That, that It's also similar to that. So, it definitely was one that was interesting to me as well. Like if you hadn't covered it, I was going to. But I'm glad that you did. And I do really like, because, again, as someone who's trying to design their own game, I know people are going to get tired of me talking about that. It's like a catacomb. Eventually, people are going to, like, don't say that anymore. But you know, trying to be innovative, like trying to like, how can you do dice differently? You have dice, you roll them, usually high numbers are better. So this idea of like, you want a middle range. And I've actually played one other game that did that uh, similarly, um, which was Satanic Panic, which sadly seems to be a game that's never actually going to exist now because the creator seemed to flaked out on the world. But in that system, it was similar. Like you were like a special ops group that was like trying to track down, you know, like um supernatural creatures but if you rolled too high it was like collateral damage so like mm-hmm. yeah you shot the werewolf but you also may have hit a bystander or you like broke you know you did so much damage that it's now harder to conceal because you're like a black ops group so that was the first experience i ever had with that system there may be you know plenty more but i do think that's an innovative type of design choice and i think it's interesting uh so yeah i think for me that was also a key selling point was it? It had what I thought was an interesting, if not innovative mechanic.
1: That, yeah, that brings up that game you just mentioned, the Satanic Panic. Now that you mentioned that too, I remember that being one of the selling points is you need to go and get this taken care of, but do it quietly, right? Yep. yep. Uh, yeah, okay. I, I see where you're going with that. And, and again, with that fitting, um, action system, the way that works in there. I did like the way that that isn't just hey a nat twenty I win a nat twenty I win you know or you know on the other end a, a one doesn't necessarily mean a disaster but it's it's probably likely
0: probably not going to be what you want yeah but, but right. it's interesting that there, I w- I would like to maybe talk to someone about the, the psychosis of I don't think that's the right word. But the like when you roll a D twenty and you get a twenty, it's always exciting D and D. It's oh my god, like the whole table like erupt. Like, Are you gonna get that same feeling when you roll a twelve if that's what you need? Like if twelve is the perfect result and you roll a D twenty and you get a twelve, is it gonna have that same like adulation sort of like, oh even though it's a twelve? Because if you need a twelve, is the best number. But there's just something about rolling that high number. I don't know. Maybe it's just ingrained in me. I have a hard time believing that I would get as excited about a fifteen even if a 15 was equivalent to what a 20 would be in a different game.
1: Unless this is a game I think that you get really into and play a lot, you're still going to have that. The normal is going to be, I want to roll that 20, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, I would but, expect.
0: I would expect, yeah. All right, so I have a couple quick hits I'm going to throw in here. These do not count towards our our uh, starter segment we're going to do next, but Tom, for our show and tell, recently did an interview with the designer of Freelancer's Guide, and this is a it's on kickstarter right now and it's a sci-fi uh, deck building rpg system which all those things sounded interesting to me but we did a full show and tell it's on the site now i'll link it in the show notes uh, they're only at 14% funded they got about 3 weeks to go so they definitely need some help so go listen to the interview with tom and the designer and if it sounds interesting maybe go back and consider backing them and then goosecon a podcast network that's local to cincinnati is trying to start their own convention they generally come to a catacon every year. They bring some of their fans with them. I know how hard it is to start a convention and they are having difficulties as well. Same thing with date. They've actually had to move their dates twice since they launched the Kickstarter that is how hard it is to find a date that works for people. They thought they had one, had to change it. One they changed it to also didn't work. So now they're on their third iteration. Uh, but again, I've gone through that. I know how difficult it is. So they don't need a whole lot of money. They just basically, the, the Kickstarter is just to get their deposits, kind of like what I do with the Catacomb. Right. They're about 50% funded right now. They have about two weeks to go. So just because I have sympathetic response to them um i hope some people will give them give that a a shot take a look at it maybe help get them over the finish line uh and then lastly i sorry i had three quick hits there's one that's on game on tabletop which is the only one that i found this week that was on on kickstarter but it's only got like two days left as of right now and i don't know when this episode is going to come out and we'll try to get it out right away but it i was afraid that that would already be over before I got to it. And this is a two person dueling game that uses actual fencing strategy in a paper, rock, scissors style of game. So, like, I would choose parry, you might choose thrust. And then there's again, paper, rock, scissors like thrust beats parry, parry beats this, and this beats parry type of thing. Um, and it's more about looking cool then the dueling mechanics, the dueling mechanics almost seem to come separate, but clearly I have the high ground is a reference to star Wars canon. Uh So it's about capes and quips as much as it is about, about uh, dueling. And I thought that was fun. So uh, it's already funded, but it's got again, like 48 hours to go as of right now. So, all right. So with that out of the way, we're going to move into our going last Memorial pick event. And then this is the case where you and I, we have six different campaigns, and we are going to pick one of them that if we had all the imaginary money in the world, we could spend it at whatever level we wanted. But in doing so, we would instantly and immediately be unable to ever even play the other five. So we are locked in forever on the one we choose. Which of these six campaigns would we pick start? So Larry, go first. What, what is the one that you, because you already mentioned, I think you're backing like three of them. So if you could <laughs> only back one, what would have been the one you were going to back?
1: Well, okay, well the part that really gets me this time around is I, I okay, you give me a gob of money, all right, I'm going to throw money at rumors and legends and get that $2000 reward and get this giant box of stuff. But what's what's got me uh a little ver clumped here and I'm I'm just saying I, I if you cut me off from every other game, that's what hurts. And that's what mm-hmm. makes me, uh, that. that's what puts me in the boat. I want to go ahead and throw in with the all old school essentials. I'm going to get both box sets. I'm going to get all the, the six adventures I'm throwing in to get that big package because I can play. I, if I'm stuck with one game, I would want it to be that one.
0: That's very fair. So I am mostly caught between two and it's actually the old school essentials box set or Zen never dies because I think it would be cool to own those box sets if I if it was wasn't my money like I'm I don't have to worry about the money then I would I would get the the double box set you know not worry about it but I don't know if I would ever actually play those games like I might I might love them but I don't know that I would and Zen Never Dies is a game that I also may never may never actually play but I like the the style of it better oh but yeah <laughs> rumors and legends again, if I had two thousand dollars of someone else's money to throw around maybe that would be cool. <laughs> But I think if I'm going to have to lock it in, I'm actually going to say Zen never dies. I think that's the one that I would – if I had someone else's money to play with, I'd throw whatever their highest level is, and then I would like double pledge and just give them some extra money.
1: That's a nice – that's a wonderful uh, way to put it there.
0: All right. Well, Larry, thank you so much for hanging out with me today. I really appreciate it. So uh, before we go, once again, where can people find you on the interwebs?
1: Um, I have a – podcast on anchor where i just recap my i'm running a home game right now we're just starting into curse of strahd and usually that's uh, we play tuesday nights so usually by wednesday evening i have a recap of what happened uh that last session and that's on mumfrey's musings um on uh anchor and then mumfrey 999 over on twitter is usually where i'm lurking and looking for kickstarters to 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 poke about in and crowdfunding objects
0: Very cool. Uh, As for myself, you can find me mostly on Twitter at the RPG Academy. If you have a Kickstarter campaign or or any crowdfunding campaign that you yourself have created and you want us to take a look at, or maybe one you have backed, or you're just thinking about backing that you would like us to take a look at, email us at the RPG Academy at gmail.com. We also, again, just like with freelancers guide, we do interviews with, with creators and try to highlight in depth some of these Kickstarters or other crowdfunding sites as well. You can also email me at the RPG Academy at gmail.com for those. And I'll get you in touch with Tom. Tom handles all the interview and scheduling with those. He has his own categories for like what he's interested in and who he wants to talk to. But if you send me the email, there's a better than zero chance that we can get you featured uh, for your project. And then uh, I'll throw it out here. If you're interested in joining our Discord, uh, our Discord is a closed community only because when we first created it open, we had a whole bunch of people jumped in. We're spamming stupid stuff, so we had to block a bunch of people. So it's basically anyone can join, but you just have to ask us for an invite. We we don't have the link posted anywhere. And it's probably my favorite corner of the internet right now. It's just, I'm I'm on there a lot, talking to people who like our show and hang out with us. And we, we organize games. We talk to each other about Kickstarters. We share video games and memes and pictures of our pets and stuff like that. So it's a pretty small but a very welcoming and loving community. I'm proud to be a part of it and love hanging out with those dupuses over there. So if you're interested in joining there, just let me know and I'll send you the invite. So with that, we're going to sign off. But before we do, there's one thing we always have to say at the end of every show. And Larry, if you're having fun,
1: well, you're doing it right, Michael.
0: That is correct. So thank you, sir. And we'll see you next time.
1: Absolutely.
0: Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast. We do this show out of love for the hobby